Iowa everywhere. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Hello, welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. We are, as always, presented by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. We are live from the Channel Seed Studios. I want to give a shout out to Fairway. If you guys looking for last minute Christmas ideas, give somebody you love a meat box. They've got a great holiday special package right now at fairwaymeatmarket.com. You can just ship it right to whoever you want this to go to. Um, or you could go into the actual like meat markets, which are all over the great state of Iowa. It includes ribeyes, strip steaks, boneless pork chops, Iowa chops. You can use a promo code Chris if you order online to get 10% off. We are not live today. So if you're in the comment section, we're not seeing it. It's just airing like it's live. Didn't want you to think that we're being rude. Hassle is traveling, and we wanted to do a mailbag edition of the podcast so that you guys have something to listen to as you're traveling. Uh, but again, we're not live. Hassle's on his way to Iowa right now, where I will be seeing him tomorrow night. How are you, my friend? I'm already in Iowa. Oh, you're already in Iowa. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm already here. Already, already here. Morning? The Christmas tree set followed you to Iowa? It did, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's the Iowa the path? The path, yeah, you, like Western Iowa. You doing that? You doing? Yeah, corning? yeah. I'll be I'll be in uh, your old stomping grounds, Corning. Um, I'm actually there right now. <laughs> you gonna stop going, by the Adams County Speedway again? Yeah, yeah. I might get another picture there. The weather's weather's not bad this week. Weather's not bad. No, like remember last bad. year, I came. It was freaking horrible. Snow mm -hmm. and wind, and I'll take it, man. Highs like. You know, 40s, maybe 50s. I sign me up. I usually get horrible weather when I'm back in the summer and in the winter, but I'm good with this. Yeah, I remember you took that like deathly type picture of you in front of the fairway last it, year. Yep, it was just bl a blizzard out, just a blizzard. Nope, none of that. Uh, All right, this is the global so we warming this? that we've heard about that's drying up the canal in Panama. Oh, this Jesus, is don't uh, get into the Panama Canal again. Yeah, that was I, I never got more hate messages from a show than when you just you've launched into your soybean thing and your Panama Canal didn't talk sports for like 30 minutes. I can't believe that our listeners aren't more concerned about the soybean issue with Brazil. Enough. You, you got Van your Winkle. wrestling thing out of the way. We're 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 moving on. Matty Van Winkle, Staddy Van Winkle, Van Winklestein has compiled a best of questions from the Iowa Everywhere Twitter feed, which was, we requested, it was, we said, ask two guys named Chris anything. Mm -hmm. Here's how this is going to go. We do not know what's coming. I haven't even read the question, so I, I have no clue what we are about to be asked. Do you? No, I, I've only seen a couple. Like okay. I saw the one that asked me why I don't do bloom impressions anymore. That's that's a that's about it. All right. I, I kind of want this to be organic, fluid, a surprise, if you will, because I don't like it when you can think ahead and yeah, 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 formulate Fluids. this perfect answer. So Van Wink's going to read the questions, and we'll uh, we'll just have some fun with it. That sounds good to me. So one of my favorite parts of our show, obviously, you is got the your whole... hat all cocked again. Your Santa hat's all cocked. I'm the only festive one in the room here. Yeah. We need, you guys both should have worn Santa hats. Um, the whole Cyhawk angle, obviously, you know. Um, Troy Troy wants to know both of your favorite and most hated Cyclones and Hawkeyes of all time and why. Mm. So a favorite, mm. favorite Cyclone, most hated Cyclone, favorite uh, Hawkeye, in, most any hated sport? Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. Any sport. You can go first, Chris. 
So am I answering favorite Hawkeye and favorite Cyclone? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, why not? I mean, my favorite Hawkeye, I could name a million. Um, Brad Banks. I, I, it's just the, that one year was so special. And the, the, the longer we, further we get away from it, you know, that's been 21 years now, that special season in 2002. It's just like, how did that happen? How did Kirk Ferentz have that kind of offense? with that kind of dynamic dual threat quarterback, a guy who almost won the Heisman trophy team that in the old school, big 10, I know they didn't play Ohio state that year, but I think they could have beat them. That was so much fun. And that was kind of the first time in my life that Iowa football had a team like that. They had some exciting players. Like I, I'd put Tim Dwight, Tavian Banks on that list too, but those teams were never, they, Never put together a season like that. So I'd I'd say Brad Banks is my favorite Hawkeye. I, I'll go a different direction. I I would put the combination of Jess Settles and Chris Kingsbury. Mm, I almost went Chris Kingsbury. Yeah, I associate those two together. Mm-hmm. Like I think a lot of fans do. I mean Settles, just just an icon. I I so I I come up from a world where you know the Raycom college basketball was the that was it like I would make yeah. the argument more people were watching those games than the football games back in the day because football remember not all those games were on TV yep way back then it was hard like and then so I mean I grew up obsessed with Iowa basketball and like settles and Kingsbury and th- those teams were some of my favorite sports teams of all time so yeah I would Definitely list those two. Settles hooked me up, and I got to interview Chris Kingsbury a few years ago on my radio show, and it was it was a real thrill. If I had to pick up an Iowa football player, it'd probably be Bob Sanders because he Jesus just, he was on that Brad Banks team. Oh man, God, he was good. Lightning in a bottle on defense, and you just you you can't play like that anymore. So there's you'll never see another player like that because you're not allowed to play like that anymore. And he was at the top of his game in the NFL, too. Yeah. Dallas Clark. So, so are we supposed to name our least favorite Hawkeye player, too? Sure. Most hated is not. That was the question. Favorite and most hated. And I don't like to do that, especially with modern players. How about you give one? You give your most hated Hawkeye. It has to be the most hated Cyclone. Most hated Hawkeye, Jacob Jakes. Like, isn't that just across (laughs) the board? (laughs) Uh, yeah, look, I love Woodbury them. too. I think Woodbury could fit into that mold, just Woodbury, knocking everybody yeah. in the nuts all the time. Yeah, <laughs> poking him in the eyes. My favorite one was who was that kid that put out the tweet that told all the Iowa fans to suck his D or whatever he said? Remember that guy? Oh yes, he was who pissed. Was he was pissed at your fan base so bad, and he just told you all to like eat it. That guy became one of my favorites really quickly. He said everything I've been thinking for years. My least favorite cyclone is a guy, I don't even know what his name is, but you'll know who I'm talking about, and you'll know his name. That little kid that came off the bench in the Cyhawk basketball game about 20 years ago and hit like six threes. in John Neal. John Neal. I was watching that game with my dad. My dad was so pissed. He's like, who's this little pissant? He was a walk-on at the time. And that was such an iconic game for so many different reasons. But that was the Pierre Pierce game. So so that game, Chris, tipped off at 8 o'clock at night on a Friday. And... Think about college students at 8 o'clock at night on a Friday for a tip-off where Pierre Pierce is coming back, and that wasn't the only one. Adam Aluska made his return to Ames that night, too. That was the most charged, like, angry atmosphere I've ever been in for a college sporting event in my life. They were chanting rapist when Pierce touched the ball. They were chanting F Aluska all night. 
if I recall, like Glenn Worley's mom was there and she was very offended in the front row and like she was getting she was taking strays. Wow. And then John Neal, yeah, it that was I would I'd love to go back and watch that game. Yeah. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. I, I I do remember it just being totally charged and both fan bases were so into it. Like that was it was the early Steve Alford days where it was mm-hmm. it was still like, oh, this we're gonna be a top fifteen program. You know, we've got a chance. We're taking that next step. The fans were so into those early Alford teams. You can't even imagine it now. Like when you think of Iowa basketball fans now, it's not even close to the same. And then that kid just <laughs> comes out of nowhere and hits all those shots. Oh, all right. That's a, that's a good question. I uh, we better put a favorite cyclone in here so we don't just skip over that. I have so many that it's not even fair. And then I get like because I know a lot of these guys so well. As far as just watching a guy, I would I would say Tyrus McGee would be up there for me. Hmm. He was he was one of my favorites to watch. Football wise, I loved Ellis Hobbs back in the day. Like just big hitter, had a great NFL career, and I really like for me is Purdy too. I mean, like the way he comes in as a freshman and just had that like Brett Favre gunslinger thing. Like, and mm-hmm. he, in my opinion, really was the catalyst to Campbell moving this thing forward. So those are just some guys that come to mind. My favorite Cyclone, jeez. Uh, I, it, I'm going to go low hanging fruit here. Troy Davis. It was great for me because he was so fun to watch the big shoulder pads. He put up the big numbers, but Iowa always won the game. You know, yeah. It was like, so it was hard to, to hate him. It was easy to appreciate because Iowa was, was winning the game and, and he was still fun to watch. All right, Maddie, where we got next? Well, you guys are both from opposite parts of the state. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious your answers here. Joe Matson on Twitter wants to know your favorite and least favorite parts about the state of Iowa. Hmm. Kind of an open-ended question, but start with your favorite and we'll do least favorite. <laughs> favorite for me, there's a, I mean, obviously my family is there. All my best friends are there. Um, you guys are there. I love the passion. I love that it's there's no professional team and there's just so much passion for Iowa and Iowa State. Um, I, I, I love that about it. The, the my least favorite thing about Iowa, and it's not close, is the weather. It is <laughs> the worst weather of any place I have ever been. Now, I've never been to like North Dakota, but the, the Iowa weather is, and I, I didn't realize how bad it was until I moved to New England. And you go there, I'm living in Connecticut. And so all these people working at ESPN are coming from all over the country. And so, you know, they ask, oh, geez, how about the, how, how are you adjusting to the weather? And everybody's like, oh God, the weather's so horrible here. I don't know how anybody take it. And then they would ask me, and I'd be like, this is an upgrade. This is like a big upgrade. Going from Iowa to Connecticut, it doesn't get nearly as cold. It doesn't get nearly as hot. And there's no wind. Like the wind in the wintertime in Iowa is horrible. Like when I go back, I go back for one week in the summer, one week in the winter. And it's like a hundred degree difference each time I, I come back. I come back in the summertime, it's like a heat wave, 100 degrees, humidity, horrible, just just terrible. Grass is all brown, it's burnt out, scorched. It gets hotter in Iowa than it does in South Florida. The temperature never goes above like 93 down here. And then, of course, the wintertime is the absolute worst. And it's the wind that really gets you. It's a, it's a horrible place weather-wise. Horrible. I like the four seasons. Yeah, but you get to four seasons in like almost every other place. <laughs> that that's not an Iowa thing. The four seasons were way better in Connecticut. Way better. What's your what's your favorite thing about Iowa? The seasons? That's what you're gonna say? 
No. I was going to go with the pro sports thing, too. You know what I love about Iowa the most, though? Mike Leach once said this. He said this at the Alamo Bowl press conference. Yeah, I know, I know that the soundbite you're talking about. Yeah, he goes, well, you know what I love about Iowa? Is everybody who's from Iowa, they tell you that they're from Iowa. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, they could be in uh, Cancun and, and, and you're eating a steak at a fancy restaurant and they'll tell the waitress, well, it's a good steak, but it's not an Iowa steak. <laughs> We're a very prideful community. It's true. And very defensive, as we see all the time with this Cyhawk stuff. Very defensive. We are a very defensive group of human beings. What I don't love about Iowa right now, though, I because my favorite part about this state is the rural communities, the small towns, and I mm-hmm. feel like we're losing some of that. I mean, they're not dead, but, man, they're certainly... It's tough. It's tough in rural Iowa right now. I, I hate that about it. I wish that we could go back in time a little bit, but... Sure. Not in the cards. All right, Maddie. Okay. We're going to throw in some Christmas-themed questions in here, too, obviously, with our holiday episode. Not just Christmas. What's your favorite holiday tradition? Do you guys have, like, something you do every year, a meal you make, cookies? What do you got? Favorite Christmas-slash-holiday tradition? Mine is... Oh, and that's from Shane, by the way. Shane Shane Boyer. Hi, Shane. My favorite tradition, like, for Christmas is uh, my dad's been making a prime rib for geez, 25 years. Have it every time we celebrate Christmas at my dad's house. There's only been one year where it was a bad piece of meat and it, man, it ruined the whole damn thing. But he used to, he started off getting it from the country club where he worked. They had great meat there. And this year for the first time, He's got a fairway prime rib ready to go. Hell yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. Baked mm-hmm. potato, mm. salad. Uh, we, we usually started off with some, some shrimp cocktail and some summer sausage and cheese. Mm-mm-mm. That's we, we always do that when we celebrate Christmas at my dad's. Mine is, I'm, um, I'm kind of the Santa tracker guy. You know, I'm, I'm a... I'm a man of modern technologies. Oh, geez. I love to pull up and mirror my screen on my computer on the big screen TV in the basement, and me and the girls will track Santa for 24 hours. We're pulling <laughs> up radar. We got flight tracker. Hey, hey, Cammy. He's in Zimbabwe. <laughs> it's great. How, I love how it. close does Santa get before you? have to tell them they need to go to bed. I mean, is he in the United States? Sniffing around like New York City and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah? We got to get to bed. We got to get to bed. It's awesome. Magical. That's kind of been my thing forever. I love getting the kids on on my lap and pulling up the Santa trackers and just tracking them down. Another thing that... that fat uh, bastard at today? (laughs) My, My dad still has presents that he puts under the tree and they're from Santa. My dad What are you talking will, about? They're from Santa. One of the things my dad does that's just ridiculous is he will put every single thing, every present, he will put it in like a clothes box. So they're all the same size. It, it would be like, oh, that's a, uh, that must be a, a, a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. But he does... <laughs> Like if he gets, if he would get me like a video game and he would put it in the box, but to, to throw you off because you're shaking it around, he would just always put a bunch of rolled up dirty socks of his in there. So it'd be clanging around. You couldn't quite, it was, you could tell the socks were in there you open it up and these just, you got these stained socks that my dad's been wearing for 20 years that you have to like sift through to find what's actually in the box. That's another good one. My dad and my aunt. I mean, you think of like, uh, like those Larry, the cable guy specials, the redneck comedy troupe, you know, Mm -hmm. that's my family at Christmas back in the day. 
when you get us all together. <laughs> my dad, my aunt would constantly, they're dipping into the eggnog and they would put in like fake teeth and act like they were going to make out the Who? funniest shit ever. Your dad and your aunt? <laughs> Their brother and sister? <laughs> they didn't actually do it, but they would... <laughs> Thinking back to the time now. Oh, my God. What? They were funny. My aunt's the funniest old lady you've ever met in your life. And they would just... <laughs> they'd put in these false teeth, and they would just put on a show for us on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad and... Auntie, are making out again. They do it a little different in Southwest Iowa. I guess. I guess. Yeah, there's there come the tweets. It's not really um, a a tradition, but I I always I'm a sucker for like holiday music, Christmas music. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have like a favorite album? I like personally. I like Andy Williams' Christmas. Mm. You know George Strait about? here. Mm. I don't That's even know who Andy Williams is. Happy holidays. Happy okay. holidays. He's an old classical guy. He's from Iowa. Did you know that? Is he really? Is he really? He's an Iowa. Where from? I think Mason City. I didn't know that. Interesting. No, I mean, I don't. I, I just hear all the holiday music my wife plays. Wall she, Lake, Iowa. Wall Lake. She, as soon as Thanksgiving's over, she fires up the Mariah Carey. And all I want for Christmas is you. She's got this Kelly Clarkson you. holiday thing that mm. she. Kelly Clarkson is an underrated Christmas performer. She's got some pretty good songs. Kelly Clarkson does that. I've I don't seek them out myself, but my wife just plays them on a loop every mm-hmm. time she's in the shower, every time we're in the car. So that's that's kind of. Uh, I, I don't play Christmas music. I, I don't. I have respect for Kelly Clarkson because, you know, the the Thanksgiving Day Parade, they have, you know, the floats come down. They have the singers come out. She's the only one I've ever seen that's done it live. Like, she's actually performed. They're all mm-hmm. lip-syncing, you know. She does it live. I appreciate Surprised that. Surprised they even celebrate Christmas in California where you're from, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Pinkies in the air. Okay. Back to some sports. Just moved right on. I love it. Good work. Back to- <laughs> What's your best? This is from Todd. Todd Tallman. Tallman? Tallman. Right. What's your best or funniest inside story from covering sports? We've shared some of these on our last Christmas story, but yeah. Christmas episode, but. I know I did the one where McCarney was calling me and Dason Miller fat bastards, fat pieces of shit in front of the team, and I happened to be listening. <laughs> Oh, it was man. pieces of shit on MC22. <laughs> did you guys see McCartney was talking trash to Cam Newton on Facebook? Yeah, I did see that. No, what happened? You didn't catch this? No. Yeah, he's like, why don't you go have um, another gummy? I think Cam Newton was talking smack about Brock Purdy, wasn't it? He was saying something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was oh. saying that he could start over Brock Purdy or something like that. And McCartney yeah. was like, no, you couldn't. Purdy would eat your lunch. Why don't you go pop another gummy? Yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, the the, the biggest stories. one with me was is and I, but I've I've told it many times is when I got handcuffed at Michigan State. Yeah. <laughs> 2009. Um, but I've told that one so many times. What was the exact question again? Okay. Inside, what's your best slash funniest inside story from covering sports? I'm trying to think of ones I can tell. Okay, while you think about that hassle, I'll get, I'll jump to another one for Williams from the same. Okay. It's like a two part question. When is your book going to be released, Williams? Well, how's the book coming along? It's it's coming. It I will say, writing a book is a much bigger um, chore than anybody can imagine until you try and do it. It's coming very well. It uh, my goal is probably going to be like a I'm I. Summer of 25 is my goal. So right before football season. Which it seems like a long ways off, but it's just the problem with these book writing things is like you do all the research, you do all the writing, and then it takes like six months to get the thing 
printed and published and you've got to do publicity tours but i'm i'm really excited about it other than launching iowa everywhere i don't think i've ever been more excited about anything i've ever done mm. wow that's a good tease a lot of inside stories that that we're talking about here i don't know about like funny ones but man like i could tell a lot of stories about like realignment over the years and that's what a lot of this book's going to be about too, is the missile crisis and, and all that stuff. And there's coaching search rumors, the missile not, crisis, the big 12 missile crisis is what oh. I always called it <laughs> when the big 12 was about to go extinct. And you know, certain people, I have some stuff from Jamie Pollard that, that will be in this book that will blow people's minds about coaching searches and just crazy stuff like that. I, here's an, here's an inside story. Um, that I've heard over the years. And I don't know if this is considered funny, but I'll share this one. So when they hired Chiswick, so they interviewed the crazy list. It was Art Bryles. It was Chiswick. It was Jim Harbaugh. And it was Brian Kelly. Okay. That's like an all-star list. Mm -hmm. And legend has it. Pollard would not go on the record with me about this because I don't think he wants to be. So he's not my source. I promise. Legend has it Harbaugh went in there and was like dropping F bombs. Was just like totally unprofessional. And this is Harbaugh was currently at the time, he was the head coach at San Diego. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the they Pioneer would play against League. Drake. Yeah. And Jamie, all Jamie told me for the book was that it would not have been a good fit at Iowa State. Mm. <laughs> not that yep. Chizik ended up being a good fit either, but. But if you look at that list, though, incredible. You know, Bryles gets Baylor from he takes RG three, wins a Heisman Trophy. Chiswick wins a national title, has a Heisman Trophy winner. Brian Kelly's one of the great coaches in the last fifteen years in yeah, college football. He's been in the playoff. He's got a Harbaugh, Heisman Trophy winner this year. Yeah, Harbaugh might win the national title this year. Uh huh. Wow. So they were that zeroed in on it really well. That's the type uh, of inside stuff I have. As far as the funny stuff goes, man, I just there's, there's certain stuff I don't know if I should say. I've, a lot I've of great shared, McCarney things. I've shared like all my stuff. I'm pretty much an open book. I, I don't know if I've shared this one. I'm this. I'm embarrassed about this one. This was when I was in college, and I was working for the um, the Fox affiliate in the Quad Cities. And I would I would go to every Iowa basketball home game. It was the year that they were really good. Jeff Horner, Bruner, that team that uh, was a three seed in the NCAA tournament. It, and they would Carver was packed every single game. The student section was filled all the way up to the rafters. It was it was a really fun year to cover that team, and I was at a game that it was going to be on ESPN and Brent Musburger was going to be, be calling the game. And I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I think my dad talked me into this, which was dumb. He was like, why don't you go over and say hi? Why don't you go over and say hi to Brent Musburger? I was like, okay. Okay. So I, I walk over by myself. This was probably... 30 minutes before the game started. And I go over there and I, first off, I sit down at the, at the table, like where Musburger and whoever else are supposed to sit. Musburger was like talking to somebody else for a second. So he wasn't. So I sit down and this, like some other guy who's probably the stage manager, or I don't know, stats person. He gives me the stink eye. Like, what the hell are you doing? So then finally Musburger sees me and I say, hey, hey, Mr. Musburger, big fan. Name's Chris Hassel. I, 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 I'm an announcer. I really want to call games. And he goes, I, well, I'm not hiring at the time, uh, Sonny boy. Uh, and, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not asking for you to, to hire me. I just, I, I have a, I, I would love to get your address and send you my resume reel my demo reel and get feedback from you he's like all right all right 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 i'll i'll, I'll write it down 
He writes down some address from in like Florida. And then this other guy like grabs my shoulder. He's like, you're not allowed to be down here. Get out of here. And so I say, okay, I'm going to send it. And I, I sent it, never heard anything back. But I just feel like I've called so many games. The last thing I want is someone coming up to me 30 minutes before a game, asking me for my address to send a reel. I, I, it's so stupid that I did that. So, and I was clearly in their way. They were trying to get stuff done. Have I ever told you my Jason Whitlock story? Mm-mm. It's Big 12 basketball tournament, I want to say, like 2003 or four. It's in Dallas. And this is the glory days where they actually cared about the media. And we had those giant hospitality rooms in these oh, hotels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the free beer and food. Because, they, again, they cared about the media. They wanted you to have a good time so you would be friendlier to them. Jason Whitlock, at the time, is a iconic columnist for the Kansas City Star. So he's probably, I mean, in his 30s, but he was really good at that time. And I grew up reading the Kansas City Star because we were so close to Kansas City and he was my favorite columnist. He's not on TV yet. Like, he's not this polarizing figure that he is today. And I say to Bloom, I go, I I really want to go. And I'm a college kid. Really want to go and shake his hand. You know, I'm covering it for, I was there for Scout, Cyclone Nation, but I'd really like to pick his brain because at this point I'm trying to be a writer, right? Like the, mm-hmm. And I go up to Whitlock who's sitting in the corner pretty much by himself. And I, Mr. Whitlock, man, I Southwest Iowa kid grew up reading your stuff. I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm not kidding you. He just looks at me. Doesn't say a word. What? He does not respond. He just looks at me. Well, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a journalism major at Iowa State and just trying to get into the business. And and he just keeps looking at me. He doesn't (laughs) respond to me. And I was like, okay, good talk. Turn around. One of the most humiliating moments of my life. What the hell? What was he doing? He was just sitting there doing nothing? Yeah, just drinking a beer. He wanted nothing to do with me, though. I know that. Oh, my God. That is heartbreaking. <laughs> I've tried to, like, block it out of my mind because it was such a terrible <laughs> moment in my Have you ever run across him since? No. And I don't particularly think I would want to either. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. That's horrible. That's why when I watch him now and, like, he's just kind of mean. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like always just picking fights with people and he's just That's how kinda, he is. Yeah, it's just this is who he is. At least I know it's real. Uh-huh. He's not being a grifter. Like he actually is a mean guy. <laughs> At least with the experience. And I, here's the deal. We were in a media setting, like a leisurely right. setting. I didn't bother him at work. He had a beer in his hand. <laughs> I had all the right to be there too. Like I was a credentialed media member and I I didn't even ask him for anything. I just said, I'm a big fan of your work. I wanted to shake your hand. Horrible experience. Wow, what an ass. Just stared you down. So that's like, when you really got to appreciate, approach me. appreciate the media guys that do embrace the the little guy. You know, like mm-hmm. Jason Benetti came and visited oh. like an Iowa State uh, sports media club this past year before he called an Iowa State game. Like, those are the good the good dudes. Let's yeah, Benetti. People. Uh, he, when we were uh, doing the Apple Cup, he was mm-hmm. calling that for Fox, and mm-hmm. the radio booth isn't even on the same level as the TV booth. He made it a point to come in to the radio booth before the game and say hi to to me and Golick Jr. Spent ten minutes with us. Great guy. Um, it's stuff like you know. I, I have there's another story that that, that reminds me of which I can't believe I did this and it, it actually worked out. Um, this was NCAA tournament, probably, I don't know, around 2010 or so. I think it was, I don't know if it was Northern Iowa or Iowa state, but this was a round of 32 game, I believe. And I'm covering it for WHO 13 
and Vern Lundquist and Bill Raftery were calling the game. And I went up to those guys right after they, they recorded something on the court. This was like between games. I went up to them and asked if I could do a quick as live 90 second stand up with them to talk about the upcoming game. Vern could not have been nicer. He's like, mm. oh, yes, absolutely, young man. Uh, get on in here. Let's do it. And Raft, get over here. Let's do this. And I just stood there and got their take on this upcoming game that they're about to call on CBS. One of like, I mean, they were at least calling one other game that day. If it was round of 32, it was at least one other mm. game they were calling that day. And I just, I can't even fathom that right now. Like being, like even calling games for CBS Sports Network, someone coming up to me in the local media asking me to, <laughs> like with 15 minutes maybe to spare between when you record that and the game starting. And he was so nice. And that has cool. made such a huge impression on me, uh, Vern and Raf. That's just, awesome. just great guys. Yeah. Yeah. We know how much you hate local media. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've all seen that. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to our friends at Kitchen Refresh. Kitchen Refresh, Iowa. Okay, so you've got like a week to go if you want to lock in pricing for 2023. Prices due to supply chain and all that stuff do go up in 2024, but you can lock in your price now. If this is something you have considered giving a face look to your kitchen, a facelift to your kitchen, visit Kitchen Refresh, Iowa. Dot com independently owned and operated they're doing my kitchen early 24 so i'll have pictures of that to show you guys as well all right maddie what do we got next okay we've got a lot of uh running jokes on the show i'll just say mm -hmm. some dude in iowa that at that dude in iowa wants to know which running joke slash topic on the podcast should be permanently banned in the coming new year placenta <laughs> elitism ghosts Aliens. What am I missing? Uh, like WWE. <laughs> oh, um, we don't do much WWE. Stop it. Uh, soybeans. I I really think it might need to be placenta. We've wow. tried retiring the placenta thing. The, the people won't let us. I was I, at that the Christmas thing. tree farm and the guy was yelling placenta at me. <laughs> it, and, you know... My dad goes over and tries to friend Mrs. Van Winks on, on Facebook, and somebody says, well, geez, he must be you know, obsessed with placenta because she's the one who started this whole thing. I, I feel like it should be... I think we need to do a better job of trying to move on from the placenta talk. And this is all... I, I'm the one who started all this. Like, I made this whole story yeah, up. Yeah, this is your problem. Because Matt was having a kid and I acted like Matt and his wife were going to just enjoy this. They were actually more excited about the placenta than they were the baby. But they, eating it, it with a knife. And yeah. Fork thank you for the... finally putting that to rest. <laughs> we did not eat the placenta. It was you a can't joke. do elitism because you are an elitist. Like that's not going to go away and you're going to keep showing it. We also like the ghosts and aliens thing. Here's the way I look at it. Jesus. Every day we live, we're a day closer from when it happens. So, like, I can't promise you that we're going to go away from that. I know that you're never going to be able to retire ghosts and alien talk. And you so. can't not make fun of Bloom. This is part of the deal. True. I, I think I think, I think we need to try to, to, to move on from placenta. I think we need to I leave think, that in 23. I think you... Don't do the bloom as much now because Hunter Deckers isn't around, and that was your go-to. Well, that was Can one I of the questions, right? Then Can I have some money to pay Hunter Deckers for his big deck energy T-shirts? <laughs> so someone asked; they were worried that I wasn't doing it because Bloom got to me somehow. Yeah, Jahan Palavan. Asked, why doesn't Hassel do his Bloom impression impression anymore? Did Brent complain? No, but Brent they did, did try and get complain. to us. 
about the Amish benches. Yes, they. That's kind of replaced the Bloom impression. Is just us shitting all over this horrible Amish bench. You want to know something? Trying to sell for two thousand dollars. I don't know how much she listens to the show or watches it. My mom. I know she does some, but I don't know. She's not like my dad who watches everything. And my mom and dad were over here this past weekend. And my mom very kindly brought me some... She knows I like to smoke meats. Mm -hmm. And it was this nice, beautiful-looking rub in this, like, tin. And she's like, yeah, you need to use it. Uh, The Amish made it. (laughs) And The Amish made a meat rub? She's 100% serious here. I thought she was kidding with me because of the Amish bench thing. She wasn't. She goes, you know the Amish. Everything the Amish do is better. No. And she's dead serious. She goes, that yeah, that that rub, it's it's the Amish made it. As I just can't imagine the Amish doing like good meats. Like if I'm just picturing the Amish out in their little Amish farm, like I, I feel like they're gonna just kill the cow, cut off some meat. Throw it in a pan, not season it with anything. Then just pick it up with her hand and gnaw on it. It was a delightful rub. It wasn't really. Yeah, I put. I, I put the Amish like point. to flavor their meats. According to my mom, that's one thing we're not going to give up in the coming years: making fun of the Amish glider. But we will. Bye. I will attempt to move on from placenta. Buy your friends a bottle of Steeple Ridge bourbon this holiday season. I prefer the black label. The white label is better for somebody who's kind of just trying to get into whiskey. You can also go with the red label, which is cask strength. That is on fire. That is for your diehard bourbon. You and me would like that, Chris. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're just starting, don't get the red label. I think the black label is one of the world's most perfect bourbons mm. that I've ever had. Steeple Ridge. It's it's phenomenal. Hey, if you have some time over the holidays, go to our YouTube channel. There's a full interview with the guys over at Steeple Ridge talking about how they make it. It's the awesome. The whole process, the history. It's good stuff. It's really cool. All right, Matt. What's hey, on next? that same topic, we want to shout out our friends at Steeple Ridge, obviously. Do you guys have like a, a favorite bourbon other than Steeple Ridge that you're drinking right now? I mm. always... So I like to make cocktails, old fashions, Manhattans. I I always stick to bullet rye. Um, I I don't think you need to use any kind of really special bourbon or whiskey when you're mixing it with a cocktail. But the one thing I drink straight is it's Rabbit Hole, the Red Label, Derringer. It's aged in like sherry casks. In fact, I just got a bottle of it for my birthday from Matt and Ashley Berry, friends of ours. It's just, it's really good. Like you wouldn't want to mix, you wouldn't want to mix it with any cocktails or anything. That's one thing my dad just doesn't understand. He wants to use like the best, there it is. He wants to use the best stuff. Well, let's make an old, imagine how good that old fashioned would be. Like You don't make an old fashioned with a bottle of rabbit hole Derringer. That's my that's my go-to for just um, drinking it straight, sipping it. I don't do cocktails. I pretty much drink everything straight. But I'm with Bullet is like, in my opinion, like that every restaurant will have. Mm-hmm. Bullet on the rocks. You, you could be anywhere in the world, and they're probably going to have Bullet. And that, to me, is best bang for your buck. The one I really love, but you can't really get it in Iowa... You can get it other places, though, is Weller. It's a weeded bourbon. I love the weeded bourbons. Those are my favorite. I, I it's don't think really, i had a weeded bourbon. Yeah. So anytime I can find a weeded one. Now, Steeple Ridge supposedly has a weeded one that just came out. I think there was only a couple uh, shipments of it, though. I haven't, I haven't had it. Pat said he was going to save me one. But, yeah, I mean, like, whenever, if I'm traveling and I can find a bottle of Weller, I, I buy it because it's just... That's one I could just drink the rest of my life and never, hmm. never think twice about. It's in a green bottle. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bottle. There you go. We got time for one that, more. I have right, way we'll too more. much bourbon in my house. 
you can't I have, have like, too much bourbon. I have like two bottles, and my wife complained to me the other day that I have too much on the <laughs> counter. <laughs> Take her over to Williams. Jesus. Yeah, she's seen my bar. I bet I have 200 bottles of bourbon here. Oh, my Seriously. God. When the pandemic hit, I went crazy. All right, one more question here, Van Wink. All right. We'll, we'll tie it back to the Christmas theme. Our guy, Chris, Cyclone Hulk, Chris Shipley. Most embarrassing Christmas present you ever got. He he shares a story. He got he wanted a bionic man action figure, and his mom couldn't only find the bionic woman action figure. He was very embarrassed. <laughs> Do you guys have any memories of like embarrassing? How about it? Probably don't remember more embarrassing, maybe like favorite or best Christmas gift when you were a kid. What do you think? I don't know about embarrassing. Embarrassing. You know what my favorite Christmas gift I ever got? I was a little boy. Right, or the Christmas Eve was the big Williams. We 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 we'd all get together and open presents. That's when my dad made out with my aunt. <laughs> and my grandma got me. God, I had to be like eight, nine years old, but I'll never forget it. It was the last box that they brought out because she knew how much I wanted it, and I didn't know that I was, and it was just a white, it was like a real football helmet. Mm. Just a football, a white, plain football helmet. And I remember being a little boy, putting that football helmet on, and I wore it everywhere. <laughs> I still love, I'm still fascinated by football helmets. Um, so this isn't necessarily an embarrassing gift. It it was an it led to a really embarrassing moment for me. I got two presents from so so. Let me see, try to figure out how to say this here. I got two presents. From let's just say, a, some family members, and w the first present I opened was great. It was this like really cool Tonka truck. I was in I was in preschool. Really cool Tonka truck. It was like a tow truck, and it was big. I mean, it was like, I mean, it was heavy, heavy duty, uh, a couple feet long. Loved it. But there was one more present to open. So I was really excited about this other present. I opened it up. And it was a piece of clothing. It was a Hawkeye shirt. And I started crying. Because I was upset. I wanted a toy. I didn't want clothes. <laughs> so. My mom is going to hate me for bringing this up. So I go to show and tell at preschool at the learning tree in Muscatoon. And I'm bringing the Tonka truck. I'm so proud of this Tonka truck. I love it. Love the Tonka truck. So I'm bringing it for show and tell. I bring it in. My mom brings me in. And she just in, in passing to the teacher said, yeah, well, you know, Christopher, he... um." He got that Tonka truck, but then he had another present to open after that, and it was a piece of clothing, and he started crying because he was little, upset. You little brat. So this teacher, I shit you not, as I go up with my Tonka truck, teacher introduces me. Chris has something to show for show and tell, but when he's done, do not clap because he cried when he opened his next gift because he was upset that it wasn't a toy. So I had to show the class my Tonka truck and no one was allowed to clap for me when it was Why? done. That's because like this mental teacher, abuse. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my mom is, I, I, she's so upset. She's like, I never should have told the teacher. What's the teacher's name? Let's, let's shame this teacher. Her name was Mrs. Wolf. Oh. oh, yeah, <laughs> and I, 
I'm, I'm three, four years old, and I still remember that. I was so embarrassed. She just shamed she said you. that. Don't clap for because you know you show and tell, and then everybody claps. Yay, clap for Christopher bringing his Tonka truck. Nope, no clap because I cried. On I bet that it note. taught those kids a lesson, though. You, you appreciate every gift, or we're gonna shame you in preschool. On that note, the single most proud dad moment I've ever had in my life. Matt, pull your shit up here. You'll like this. Is so Cameron is eight, Elise is four. And Elise is just like any four year old. She's just hard, you know, gets mm-hmm. into things. Cameron, Matt, you know, is probably like the most well behaved. Like, oh, we're yeah. so lucky. Like, she just, we never have problems with her. She's responsible. She helps around the house. She's, she's perfect. Well, Elise had a really rough weekend as far as I don't think she's feeling 100%. She's been tired and she was really, really struggling behavior wise this weekend. Not in a terrible way. She just, just crying a lot and whatever. Saturday night, Elise or Cameron is writing a second letter to Santa. And we're like, that's interesting. Why, why would she rewrite a second one? Because she's already seen him, sat on his lap, told him what she wanted. She already wrote a letter, sent it to the North Pole. She was writing a second one and we got to look at it. And she wanted to tell Santa that, hey, I know that Elise has been misbehaving and she's oh, having no. a tough time, but she really oh. is a nice kid and she deserves to be on the How nice sweet. list. How sweet. You raise them right. My goodness. I won't share my I raised one of them right at least. It'll, it'll ruin the moment. No, no. Share it. <laughs> share it and this will be it. Put a bow on this, Van Wink. Well, in college, we did the old white elephant, you know. I was with a group of people I didn't really know very well either, so it's one of those kind of awkward moments where it's like, okay, it's kind of icebreaker, you know. Uh huh. And the the last gift gets around to me, and everyone's kind of giggling because some some people were in on the joke. It's like in a shoebox, size of a shoebox. I open it up. It's a giant dildo, a black dildo. <laughs> Wait a second. The white elephant mm-hmm. became a black dildo. Yes. Happy holidays, everybody. I didn't know what to do with that. I just threw, I like, threw it in a dumpster. shake weight? <laughs> oh Merry my Christmas, God, everybody. I, Happy I do, holidays. I do physical therapy on my shoulder, and they have these weights that you have to go like this to. And I just, you know, <laughs> really good year. Uh, keep an eye on our Twitter feed and stuff. We are going to have more shows. It's just everybody's traveling. We're We're going to be around, but... I'm going to be in Memphis coming up the 26th through. So we'll have to do a show while I'm in Memphis, but we'll be around. Just we haven't planned that far ahead. Hassle's traveling. I'm going to be traveling with the Cyclones. Not with them, covering them. You know what I mean. You should swing down to Memphis on your way back. Stop by Jerry the King Lawler's hangout for a little bit. It does sound like it'd be fun, but not happening. He's Maddie Van Winkle producing as always. We are presented by our friends at fairway meat and grocery in the channel seed studios for chris hassel for matt van winkle i'm chris williams merry christmas happy holidays iowa everywhere